Welcome back, everyone. I am so glad you're here with me today. This is our last episode of this series on grief and really looking beyond the theories of grief into the heart of grief. This has been a different kind of series for me, and I have been enjoying learning about myself along the way. I mention often how I never speak about something that I have not first experienced and learned from. And often the topic is one in which I am still learning and growing. Grief is a fresh learning experience for me. With all my formal education, one would think that I'm an expert. But the truth is, there is nothing more frightening for me than experiencing the full, raw, devastating moments of grief. We have focused on Jonah, David, Job, how their experiences of grief might look a little different or provoke different questions than what we might see pouring out of a textbook. Not that there's anything wrong with textbooks. I went to school for 12 years post high school and carried most of those textbooks with me from place to place through many of my adult years. But sometimes we must put aside what we think we know into a place where we are fully known. And that brings me to the story of Hannah, mother of Samuel. Let's turn in the Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 1, where the story begins, and we are introduced to Elkanah, Hannah's husband. In verse 2, it says he had two wives, the first named Hannah and the second Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah was childless. Hannah was barren. She had been able to bear children, but she was the favored wife. And scripture says he loved her even though the Lord kept her from conceiving. Now hold on to that. The Lord kept her from conceiving. In verse 6, her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her. Year after year, when she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way. Hannah would weep and would not eat. Let's back up here for a moment and think about what Hannah is experiencing. I've been blessed with beautiful children, so I don't know the struggle of barrenness or infertility. But I know the feeling of inadequacy, of not measuring up. I know how it feels to carry a burden so heavy, one that prevents me from living in my true identity. The loss of something so profound as my innocence, even before I had a chance to experience it, before it was ripped from my body. The weight of choices and an addiction to sin that forever changed the course of my life. How about you? What leaves you wondering if you are enough? What reminders do you have lurking in the shadows, always ready to pull you back in, should you dare to get ready to experience freedom in Christ? What person, place, or thing makes it a priority to taunt you, holding that part of your life in front of your face until you think that's all you are and all you will ever be? In verse 9, we see how Hannah responds in her grieving. On one occasion, Hannah got up after they ate and drank at Shiloh. 
The priest Eli was sitting in a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pleaded, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me, and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and his hair will never be cut. So here Hannah is weeping. Her desperation is the catalyst to her crying out to the Lord. And yet her prayer is one of selflessness. Lord, hear my cry of loss, emptiness, this thing that makes me feel inadequate and that draws me from a sense of shame. Hear this and take it from me. But Lord, the blessing you offer will be given back to you. Now stay with me here because the story is getting good and continue reading with me in verse 12 where Hannah is praying silently but weeping so intently that Eli the priest thought she was drunk. I'm talking, she is racked with pain. Verse 15 says, No, my Lord, Hannah replied, I am a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer. I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Eli responded, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant the request you've made of him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. Then Hannah went on her way. She ate and no longer looked despondent. How awesome is that? Hannah's faith allowed her to celebrate before her circumstances changed. I have this emptiness, this affliction. Hear me. Release me from it. I'll give the blessing back to you. These are things that Hannah's saying. Then she celebrates while her circumstances remain the same because she believes that God will hear her prayers. Well, Hannah was right in her faith. And in verse 19, we continue reading, The next morning, Elkanah and Hannah got up early to worship before the Lord. Afterward, they returned home to Ramah. Elkanah was intimate with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. After some time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because she said, I requested him from the Lord. We know that Hannah kept her word to the Lord, and after she was done weaning Samuel from nursing when he was still very young, she took him with her to the Lord's house, and she brought Samuel to Eli the priest. In verse 27, we read her words of sacrifice. I prayed for this boy, and since the Lord gave me what I asked him for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then he worshiped the Lord there. I really want to stay here in this moment right now, in the sacrifice that Hannah made. She gave her son back to the Lord after the Lord had allowed her barrenness. She was grieving over her inability to have children, and then she gives her son back to him. But let's take a look at what happens in chapter 2. In the moment of sacrifice, Hannah prays this beautiful prayer of praise. Verse 2 says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you, and there is no rock like our God. 
Her prayer begins to include praise above and beyond the gift of her son. And later in the story, we see the blessings flowing. Verse 21 says, The Lord paid attention to Hannah's need, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. I can almost hear the cries my heart has poured out in the middle of the struggles and brokenness that I felt in my own life. Those questions of worth and self-deprivation and predetermined belief of complete and utter failure in life. Standing in the sinking sand, slowly feeling the losing battle, while instead of throwing me a lifeline, someone or something is taunting me, watching me sink, reminding me that I don't have what it takes to pull myself out. But here's the thing. I don't have to have what it takes to pull myself out, because I have a God who can pull me out. I have a God who can rescue me from my deepest wounds, my most wretched cries, and the darkest places that I have been. And in this moment, some of you are wondering, wait, isn't that the same God who allowed you to experience trauma and unspeakable pain? The same experiences that led you from victim to addict and back again? Let's go back to that place. Yes. Yes, God allowed the pain. Yes, God allowed Hannah to experience infertility and barrenness. But her barrenness caused a desperation that led her to offer her son to the Lord. Was God waiting for this? Did Hannah's passionate plea and sacrifice set the foundation for the anointing over Samuel's life that led him to become a great prophet and judge in Israel? Hannah's prayer relinquished the very thing she wanted most, and she was blessed through that. November 12, 2015, I was on my knees in a jail cell, alone following countless prayers to beg for my freedom and release, I let go. I gave up the right to ask for life outside of that small confined space, and I promised to spend the rest of my life serving God and telling others of His love and grace. And that night, I was set free. The doors were opened, and I went home. By all human standards, That was not possible. It was God and only God. Was God waiting for that? Not asking for the release from my circumstances, but the release from my affliction and the promise of giving my freedom back to Him in return? What I wanted most, release, livelihood outside of that space, I offered to give back to him, to devote my life to him. What are you holding on to today? What are you grieving? How will you allow the process of grief to move you into a place of healing today? Is there something that you can surrender right now? I urge you to stay in this moment with me.
hold on to this place, even if it's uncomfortable, new, different, frightening even. Are you struggling with addiction, sin, secrets? Have you lost someone close and now you don't know how to move forward? Do you have a criminal record that stares in your face every time you think about applying for a new job or entering a new relationship? Is a health crisis clouding your ability to think clearly or to feel hope? Do you wonder if you will ever be free from your affliction? Feel the hope of stories of those who have gone before you and those who are standing next to you. With God, sometimes the most barren tree produces the most beautiful fruit. Say this prayer with me now. Lord, only you know the depths of my struggles and pain. I offer it all to you now, to do with as you will. I trust you and I praise you because you are good in everything. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This series has been precious to me and I am so grateful to you for walking next to me in this journey. I'll be back for another series starting on July 2nd. More information is on the way, and if you would like the email updates, please send me a request at bestill.waters.ps23 at gmail.com, and I will add you to my listserv. In the meantime, for a copy of my book, Surrender, you can find it on Amazon, or send me a message for more details, requests for me to speak, a prayer request, or just to say hi. I'm keeping you in my prayers. Until next time. God bless.